Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Level Grinding. It's your best friend Drew here with my best friend Robin. What's going on, buddy? Not much. We got some intriguing news today. What's well, it's, it's definitely interesting. That's the word we'll use. <laughs> That's we'll the use, word I wanted. <laughs> we'll use the word interesting. So today is technically 2 a.m. because we're committed to recording for you guys at least once a week for sure. April 12th. So hopefully it'll be out today. I'm looking, I'm looking to have it up and out same day so without any further ado or bullshit or lies and slander let's get on into it what is our interesting new gaming news sony is working on a new handheld game console Mm -hmm. that they are currently calling the q light and in addition to that it's going to come out after the removable disk drive ps5 oh god before the ps5 pro first Um, of all how does how does give them the the breakdown on what is required for this thing to work? Oh, you have to have the PS5. This is basically a glorified Wii U controller. It's not a fucking handheld game console, motherfuckers. It's, it's ex- going to be a, used to push the remote play. It's a PS5 extension, and that's fine. Let's just admit what the fuck it is, guys. Also, excuse me, the little rants I needed to go on earlier, and I was like, now nah, wait. The fuck I Sony is better than Xbox every single day of the week. There's not a world where I'm gonna be like Xbox would do this better. They wouldn't do this better. But the, how dumb do you as a company have to be to be like, hey, let's put out a version of this where you guys can choose to remove the disc drive if you want. Yeah, that's definitely not gonna go wrong. Definitely not. These consoles aren't for sure owned by ten year olds playing Fortnite that will find a way to fuck this up. Ugh, I just. Mm. You know those people who would switch off the console when they were losing? Yeah. And they just have to accidentally unhook the drive. Pull their disk drive out. I hope that there's a flaw that, like, if you pull your disk drive out, I'm sure there has to be, like, a way to do it intentionally. Because otherwise, goddamn. Like, you yank your disk drive out on purpose in the middle of the game, it just wipes your hard drive. Fucking learn a lesson. I was was talking about, like, local multiplayer, like, people who are dicks to their friends. Or their siblings. Oh. I mean, gone are the days that, like, where you used to, like, unplug their controller and beat the shit out of them real fast in the fighting game before they get a plug back in. <laughs> you haven't got to unplug. Oh, you meant beat their ass in the game. Yeah. I'm like, you haven't got to un- unplug the controller. You yeah, just no. pop them in the mouth and get a few blows in the game. Like, if you're losing, you just grab their cord and yank the fucking controller out of the fucking PlayStation and then fucking beat the shit out of them while they're trying to get a plug back in. <laughs> Those are good old days of gaming. You like shit like that, you can't do anymore, and it's heartbreaking because like shit like that is a that's sadly a fond memory. That's how great my life was. <laughs> just shit like that, like turning off in the middle, just the temper tantrums people would get with gaming. They got absolutely murdered with online gaming, and now they just you know beat their girlfriends or whatever. I'm not a fan of online gaming, guys. <laughs> not a fan. But uh, well, we'll get to that in a bit, but. Ooh, I mean, we can we can debate back and forth whether I'm a fan of online oh. gaming. I have my caveats for sure. I was about to say, I know you just recently installed an online game. Yeah, because my PlayStation's a snitch. Oh no, you were talking about it in our group chat. Yeah, with Kyle. But uh, your PlayStation so it's not. Is a snitch on me. 
it's not a handheld game first of all it's not a handheld it's not a handheld console get off of that lie sony it's called the q q light because it's questionable whether it's a console because it's not it's it's a a da- it's a it's a detachable screen and they're like oh the switch was really popular so how could we get money off that what if we took like a controller that had like a screen on it and it would do that that'd be fine and sure but like let's not let's not call it a handheld right let's not do that that's a lie a ps well, call it a not. handheld but not a console yeah they're calling it a console though it's probably <laughs> yeah. like calling it a handheld console which fully not so that's a mistake. For sure, making detachable disk drives is a fucking mistake. Leave them either all the way in or not in there at all. I don't... We're bad at making choices, so let's not fucking do that. That's just... It's problems waiting to happen. Like, we don't... We already have enough problems with hardware, with the green screen cuts and stuff that are happening. We don't need to add to it. We don't. It's not not necessary. But, you know, who am I just out here with Logic and shit? The game companies are like, well, we can sell more consoles. Wait, Logic's here? I would never let Logic in the chat. Try to turn everything into a weird rap. I would love him so much in the chat. Of course you would. You like people turning things into weird raps. It's like your fetish. You have a weird amount of ideas of what my fetish is. I just go based on things that you cannot not do. Like... Like my fetishes, right? The, the ones that I do, we're not gonna, we're not gonna educate. And I was like, whoa, we should. We're not gonna do that. But like, those are the things that when I'm in the situation where they would be relevant, I cannot not do them. I cannot not think of them being relevant. Just like when I say the words to a rap song, you cannot not keep rapping the rap song. That's it's, it's the same logic. Doesn't have to be a rap song. I mean, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. We don't really have much news. This week, we will on our next I, episode, though. Yeah, Sony announced the new state of play would be Thursday, containing more than 20 minutes of new Final Fantasy 16 gameplay. Which, of course, that's all I need is another reason to rant about 16, which <laughs> will be fun because our next episode will be episode 16. That is awesome. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do. We could do another gush about 16 on episode 16. I'm very excited about that one. So uh, something that's tangentially game related, Chris Pratt's first Mario voice was rejected because they felt he was doing kind of a Tony Soprano thing. Was he doing an and, accent? Yeah, he was doing like a gruff Italian accent. And Charlie Day said he also had fu- trouble finding his Luigi voice. Every, he said every now and then director would say, Charlie, maybe a little less Goodfellas in this one. And I'm like, all right, I think you're wrong, but fine. And I'm like, that's I would have loved... The Italian Mafioso Brothers. Yeah, that would be great. It's the Mario family. <laughs> it's a good idea, Bowser. I think it's hilarious that Bowser's song about Peach is nominated for whatever the awards coming up is, either Golden Globe or an Emmy. That cracks me up. I'm like, I know it's Jack Black. Jack Black makes fantastic music. I know I've been listening to it my whole adult life. But okay, guys. <laughs> okay. Which honestly is like kind of like a commentary on modern music because it's really just Jack Black singing Peaches over and over again for like a whole three um, minutes. So it's eligible for an Oscar for Best Original Song. And I can't remember, I believe he has an Emmy already. Probably. I, d- he, I don't if know he, if he's going to get a Tony. but If he doesn't, that's a tragedy. Well, he has to be on Broadway uh, for a Tony. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if he'll get that. But my goal for every one of the, my musicians who i love who became an actor or actors i love who became musicians because i want to see them get an egot 
that's uh, for those who aren't aware that's emmy grammy oscar tony yep yeah i don't think i would love to see jack black get a tony but i don't know as he's at a point in his career where he would get cast in a broadway musical i mean i'm sure somebody would cast him in if he wanted it yeah but mostly what he wants to do is play video games with his son and create fun uh, tiktok videos yeah and be married to lizzo in star wars yeah I haven't watched it, but the internet hasn't shut up about it since it happened. So, and speaking of that, it was something I was going to bring up today because I understand people who were victims of bullying their childhoods, seeing mainstream people now being in things that are nerdy and deciding that the popular kids are suddenly taking over what we had, but attacking Lizzo, thinking she was a popular kid, and Lizzo posted about it and was like. Literally, 13-year-old Lizzo was beaten up and shoved into lockers for the way she looked. She's like, she would be real surprised that y'all think she's one of the popular kids. I mean, she is one of the popular kids now. Yeah, but they were saying, they, they were, the exact post she was replying to said, the people who either bullied us or stood by and laughed are now the ones getting into our media and getting popular. The popular kids are taking over. And I'm like, hmm. Okay, that's the first I'm hearing about that. I haven't. I haven't encountered anybody having a problem with Lizzo who's not hard politically against black people being successful. So, have you listened to Peaches? I listened to like a 20 or 30 second clip of it. I haven't heard the whole thing. Oh, I, I love it. it just, I, so... I, I listened to exactly enough of it to know that I could compare it in fairness to Super Bass by Nicki Minaj. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a part where he's like, Mario, Luigi, and a Donkey Kong 2, a thousand Koopa Troopas couldn't keep me from you. Yeah, that's the bit I saw. That's the part they're using to advertise that it's nominated for the... I didn't know it got the nom. I knew it was eligible. I didn't know it was... It got the nom. Oh, no. Yeah, it's nominated. That's fucking dope. Okay. (laughs) I mean, it's not that surprising. It's just... It's pretty funny that... It's funny to me that a song that seems like lesser content than normal is elevated that high but it also makes sense because we live in like a tiktok age so like whatever earworm catches you that's what's going to be popular regardless of like whether it's got more work put into it or not it's like jack black's body of work is lyrically much deeper than peaches 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 but you know i'm happy that my man got nominated that's that's the thing for me i mean that's just the chorus and every generation has just shit choruses yeah but jack black doesn't have shit choruses i can't think of anything else that he's got his name attached to that the whole chorus is just one word 12 times and then it moves into another two bar verse to go back to the one word 12 times so our military right now is facing an information crisis a bunch of top secret u.s documents regarding the war in ukraine were leaked through minecraft discord servers okay that that might as well be a thing (laughs) that's happening right now Ugh. like that i'm mad that makes me like minecraft more than i want to yeah we need more people like this we need more snowdens yeah that's why i'll never be it's that's why i'll never have a political career one i would break every decorum rule on the floor of congress but number two i have the, my first act i would be like oh we're gonna pardon edward Snowden fully you can come back you're safe <laughs> yeah you're a hero you can come back i'm not gonna listen to anybody who has anything else to say just like Chelsea Manning. I'm glad she got released. Okay. She's the trans woman who used to be a military member who 
leaked a bunch of crimes that were happening that were being committed by leadership because no one was getting anything done about it. So she got arrested and then pardoned. Wow. I was going to say, like, I've heard much from the Manning family since Super Bowls, but that's fair. Ah, uh, I don't know. Maybe they are related. I don't think so. That would be wild. I'm um, like, that family's just got to be in the news. That's crazy. While I'm on a soapbox and tangentially related to video games, um, mm-hmm. the woman who lost her job for refusing to alter Florida's records for COVID a few years ago, the whistleblower lady, her son is now arrested and being charged with a felony of making terrorist threats for sharing a meme in a group. And the meme was literally a picture of a fat cop sleeping, and it said, Florida police, while they're waiting for the armed gunman to take his own life so they can get involved. And apparently... Ron DeSantis decided that was a felony. Ron DeSantis is a fucking idiot. Yeah. I'm like, I know what's going on. He's targeting him because that's her son. Whistleblower law protects her. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And he just, he needs a win. He built his whole like political career the next few years around this win he was going to get over Disney. And the Disney was like, "Mm, actually, (laughs) nope. This is what we're not doing. (laughs) Like, I, I don't, I don't want to respect Disney. Also, the thing we were talking about, the the writing of this document, they were referring to King Charles being alive as of the writing of the document. So not the, the last living relative of King Charles alive as of right now. It is the last living relative of King Charles alive as, the, as of the writing of this document. So it's forever, unless the Pat family just dies, which I'm... I'm so happy to see Ron DeSantis take forever L. It's just my favorite thing. But so we're caught up on the very limited amount of gaming news that we have in that moment there. So I guess we'll go into our next section here. What you playing, buddy? I've been playing. Oh, yes. I played the prologue for I am Jesus Christ. And let me tell you guys, it's, it's the New Testament, but also Jesus has telekinesis? Jesus is Mary Sue. He had to get new powers to make up for the powers he didn't already have. <laughs> I, I, I've been through many versions of the Bible and I've seen nothing about telekinesis. Also, to perform miracles, you hit tab and enter what they call Holy Spirit mode, and I'm like, oh god, I'm in the Avatar state. <laughs> oh, that's why I didn't get to play. I don't fucking mouse and keyboard is... Blech. It would take a miracle to get me to use that. Oh, luckily man. I'm making miracles. Oh, I'll just I'll just do a I'll use X map so that I can use a controller. <laughs> but outside of that, I've been playing the shit out of Atelier Rise of Three. That's pretty much it because I've been feeling under the weather. How about you? What you been playing? So I've been bouncing around with a little bit of everything. I started Elder Scrolls Online. So decided I'd give it a shot. It was for sale for like six bucks because the spring sale going on on PS5 right now. And I'm like, ah, I could justify six dollars. Fuck it. So got that. It's it's not bad. It's also not good. Is it worth is it worth six bucks? Sure. Yeah. I'm not sure how I'm going to feel going in. I like it's like they tried to make it feel like Skyrim, but it's not. It's a the you know first person MMO which is not normal. So I yeah you know, I appreciate the attempt because they know because I played 
I guess the first launch of it when it was not a first person, first person. Uh, uh, there's like, a button to take it out of first person. I know, I know. But uh, the like the tutorial I played when it first came out is completely different than the tutorial that's up now. So I mean, I like this version better than the first one I played. The first one I played felt nothing like Elder Scrolls, and I had no interest in it. There is some fun dialogue on a couple of different spots. There's one part, so I'm playing a necromancer. And there's like a part where this this woman recruits you for this quest. And the quest is ultimately, she's like, I want to bring my pet frog back because my potions ma- or my mage master made me use him in a potion and I'm mad about it. And one of the dialogue options, I'm like, oh, that's necromancy. You want to do necromancy. <laughs> and she's like, oh, it's not necromancy. And like your next dialogue option is I'm a necromancer. What you're talking about is absolutely necromancy. It's not necromancy. Trust me. <laughs> And she's like, oh, she's like, you're a, oh, shit. Well, if you could help me, that'd be great. <laughs> but That's not I, necromancy. Trust me. I'm I laugh. I laugh my ass off. It was literally the line is, I'm a necromancer. What you're talking about is absolutely necromancy. <laughs> I thought you were just paraphrasing. Holy no. shit. That's the that's the quote in the game file. <laughs> I fucking died when I saw that. I was like, that's great. I love that. Yep, no, it's literally, I'm a necromancer. What you're talking about is absolutely necromancy. <laughs> so I've been playing that, I, I, maybe to level five. I haven't got into it real deep. But I, at some point, we'll run out of other stuff to play and we'll jump on and, and go deeper into that. Other than that, I've been split between trying to find a PS1 game to catch my attention. And I think I have gotten back into it with Lunar the Silver Star Story. Lunar is one version is the superior version. Yeah, for sure. I don't even talk about the Sega Saturn version because the PS1 version is better in every way. But if you you know, like the old school RPGs, Lunar is definitely, definitely, definitely worth a look. It's a hilarious dialogue. The story is fully absurd. You're like, I want to be a drag master. And your friend's like, yeah, we should go on an adventure to collect a dragon turd, but I'm going to call it a diamond. It's, it's, it's so much fun. So I've got that, and then I'm going to switch to Lunar 2 when I beat that one. And then... On my breaks in between that, I am playing The Last Remnant, the remaster on PS4 for the first time. And I really didn't know how I was going to feel about it. Because when I went into like the, the opener for combat, like the tutorial mission for combat, I was like, ooh, this isn't my bag. Because instead of the typical turn base, you have like units. So you have like up to five units of up to five characters each. And I'm fairly early in the game, so there's only like I can only have like nine combat characters on the field at a time right now. But it's like platoon combat. Forty five units. Yeah. Which like as a Sweden player feels limiting, but as a Final Fantasy player feels monstrous. So it's I I'm I mean I'm even in Sweden you can only have like six, six out of ones at the yeah. high end. <laughs> yeah, but like my max party was like eighty. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this one I is is definitely different. I'm I'm not disliking it so far. I'm also one of those people that likes games that offer the AI combat option, and this is primarily an AI combat option. If like you choose like the general gist of what you want the AI to do, and then it does all the attacks for your whole platoon. So far, I'm enjoying it as a whole. The story is fairly interesting. I'm still early, early in. So I would I would say I'm like level three or four but i'm not because they don't do levels in last remnant you just get stat boosts but like all of the enemies in the game nope that's not what i was trying to say but like all of the units 
that's what I'm trying to say. So like your unit HP is like the comprised HP of all of the people in there at one time. So, you know, your main character can have 300 and that's, it doesn't feel like a lot. And then you've got five or six other people in there that are also 300s. Now you, you, you know, you're at 1200 hit points and the whole unit takes HP at one time. It does have the most punishing version version of curse I've ever fucking dealt with. We, <laughs> oh boy. So like with some games, every game does curse a little bit different. Like some games are like, oh, curse in this game, it does damage. Any damage you take is done to your max HP. And then when you're down to zero hit points, you can't come back because you're dead. And that's like, that's pretty punishing. But this one is like, so you get cursed and you stay cursed for up to three rounds. You can't remove it without casting revive on yourself, which is bananas. And it every action is an opportunity for this the individual character in that unit to take instant death. And I learned that the hard way because I took an action and my whole unit all triggered instant death in one turn. So I like hit the attack and it was like pulled up the character and it said curse KO, curse KO, curse KO, all five down. I was like, oh, I don't like this fucking at all. This isn't fun. <laughs> but fortunately, the remaster, I don't know about the original release. The original release is 2008. I'm assuming like probably PlayStation 3. Xbox 360. Uh, was it 360? Okay. Yeah. This has autosave, which is a lifesaver when you go in and get cursed in the first round. Like both of your units get cursed and now everybody dies. Everybody uh, dies eventually. Well, autosave, like the autosave triggers after every battle and every room transition. So at no point you have to like redo the whole room so that's helpful because like the the final fantasy remasters that come out they do it on the screen transition is when the auto save triggers so like if you're on a bigger screen looking at you final fantasy 12 with your whole ass dungeons on a load screen and you die midway through that you get to reload at that screen that you just loaded but now you got to go through all those fights and shit again and this one auto saves after each successful battle uh and it also full heals you after the battles so that's less stress, which is helpful in a game where you can't manually control your you know, combatants actions. You can be like, please heal yourselves. But like the heal option isn't always lit up. Like there's 10, 10 or 15 different combat options that pop them, but they only pop in four at once. So you'd be like, oh, I really need to heal. But you're like options to attack and heal don't pop up that turn. So you're like, oh, well, better just fucking swing for the fences and hope everything works out. Uh, but I can't really speak on like the main character's power yet because they haven't exactly revealed what that is or <laughs> how it works or anything like that. And then before I start on Last Remnant, I've got about 10 or 15 hours back into Suikoden 2 because I fucking love it. And because Konami said Suikoden one time too many in the last episode. I don't think we did. <laughs> no, I mean, that's what triggered it. There's a counter inside your head you're not aware of. We said no. it just enough and it click okay so we can oh yeah well no that's not how it goes sometimes it that just flips by itself without talking about sweeping it that's fair occasionally i'll just get up and be like Whoop, we're going on a sweeping it run we're playing all of them which happens like an it's not zero number of times but uh, yeah i've jumped into you know sweeping in, in the last couple weeks it's been a little sporadic trying to nail down like what i want to play so I focused the longest on Lunar and Last Remnant, but you know I've got about 15 hours this week and two. I've touched a little bit on Arc Lad One, a little on Twilight Spirits. Played Grandstream Saga for a little bit this week. I was kind of all over the place. I just I had two days off and I've got one more, so I'm just trying to get my gaming in while I can. Have you played Grandia? I can't remember. I did play Grandia. 
Okay. I have I just ever. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I okay. Grandia One is fantastic. Grandia Two is probably one of my favorite games ever, just because Ryudo is is like if I was gonna be the main character of a JRPG, it would be Ryudo from Grandia Two. There's like one fucking there's one sentence that he says in the in the build up for Grandia Two that's just me vibes through and through. There's this part where he's talking to this nun and he says something real mocking. And she's like, you're making fun of me now? And he's like, no, I've been making fun of you for the last half an hour. A little slow to notice. And I'm like, whoo, that's me, baby. Fuck. <laughs> like, oh, you got to play Breath of Fire 3. I am going to at some point for sure. 100%. It's a PS1 game. You said you were searching for PS1 games to play. I'm like, well, so I'm also working Duck Station out. So I'm, fuck, I thoroughly enjoy that emulator. If you guys emulate as an EPSX e guy for the last couple of years, definitely do Duck Station. It works so much better, it's so much smoother. The the lag issues don't exist in it. The you know, graphical problems that you have to find the fixes for in EPSX e those don't exist in it. It's just better, and it's easier to run. Now it they will take some work. Let me be very clear on that. I was talking to my friend Jason, and Jason was like, "I would play this PS2 game," and I was like, "EPSX or PCSX2." is your ps2 emulator to play the ps2 games you want to play and then he got mad that you can't just open the program and press go and it plays the game i'm like you know it requires (laughs) setup and he was like yeah well i just downloaded this snes emulator and when i just pick a game it just plays it and i'm like yeah that's because it's a fucking it doesn't require any shit what do you mean i was like you just compared you compare running a calculator to a laptop. Like, those are different technologies, buddy. <laughs> you can't. You're like, you know, a laptop takes too much work. If I just pull up the calculator, I type two plus two, it told me four. Like, yeah, it's because it's fucking made to do simple shit. Like, any, I was like, no, you use that even for one of your best friends. Yeah, I was like, anything past Sega Genesis is going to require some setup. Like, if you don't, if you don't want to play anything newer than 1993, you'll be fine. But but anything above that, you're gonna have to get with the fucking times a little bit, you goddamn grandpa. I love that man, but sometimes he's a fucking eighty year old trapped in a thirty five year old man's body. Yes, if you do emulators and you don't mind putting in legitimately five minutes of work, Duck Station's great. Do it. But uh, yeah, that's what I've been looking for PS One games for. So I'll jump on the Breath of Fires because I swear to God, if it'll just get you to stop talking about Breath of Fires at me, that's where he's going. No, then we'll have something to talk about together. <laughs> it's really going to be me ranting about a thing, and you're like, but that's my favorite part. <laughs> that's why I'm recommending to start with three. One, because one and two are SNES games and suffer from their era, whereas three is literally, it's the complete lifespan of the main character. You start out the game as him hatching from a like shard of crystal. Ooh, that's big Final Fantasy vibes. <laughs> and then you go through like childhood. It does a time skip to like teenage slash adulthood, and then you play through the game. But like the first third of the game is spent as child you, and even like the battle animations change as child you using a sword. You hold it unsteady in two hands and flail it wildly. Whereas as an adult one, you draw it in a like beautiful arc. That's fair. Yeah, how learning works. Yeah, I was. It was one of the things that first caught my eye. That and it's 
a game that has field interaction. Like, if there's a plant in your way, you hit triangle, cut the plant down. Oh, yeah, I've also been playing Xenosaga. Sorry. I forgot <laughs> field about Field interaction, that. gotcha. Field interactions, and I was like, oh, yeah, I've been blowing shit up lately. I just, so, because last episode we talked about Project Cross Zone and Namco Cross Capcom. And I started playing Namco Cross Capcom and the opening characters that you get like i'm still in the very beginning the first combat you get you team up with shihan and cosmos and chun li he legitimately saw shihan and cosmos and was like i will play xenosaga yeah it was like i saw <laughs> shihan and cosmos and momo so because most of in in namco across capcom they have most of the units are pairs and then in project cross zone you can add a third to a pair but most of them are pairs, and the the Xenosaga pair is Momo and Shion, and then Cosmos is a singular character. So I had like Cosmos, Chun Li, Shion, and Momo, and then the two main characters. And like I played with them for like a couple of minutes, and then I was like, man, I never did finish Xenosaga. I never even played Xenosaga three. I played all of one, most of two, and I never got to three. So I never, I never got to play as Jin. So oh, badass brother, yeah the 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 most overused RPG character ever. He always cracks me up. There's 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 a there's a Jin Uzuki in almost every JRPG of that time, even Shadow Hearts. Like Shadow Hearts Covenant is just random, random samurai in the 1920s. And I was like, okay, all right, guys. But uh, yeah, so I've also been dabbling in Xenosaga, which to tell you how good Xenosaga is, I fucking hate space stories hate space stories they're by and large boring as hell and very repetitive and predictable for me but i love xenosaga it didn't hit on any of the tropes that bother me with space stories like it was a whole space story that avoids any kind of like aliens is bad guys trope and i love that and those don't happen nearly as often as they need to so i'd prefer aliens is bad guys over it was a video game all along look don't get me started on star ocean <laughs> don't like sometimes a new idea is a bad idea and 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 to be fair that felt so forced because it was forced because they changed the writer three quarters of the way through the game and the new writer came in and was like hmm but what if and no one was like hey that's a fucking awful idea and if they do that if you do that i hope they fire you (laughs) like nobody told that man 30 seconds of the truth into the sun yeah like nobody told them had 30 seconds of the truth was it star ocean 3 yeah star ocean guys please go play that game not all the way just like most of it because up until like the last two tenths of that game is one of the best rpgs of all time ever made it's so good the the death cries of the area glove soldiers will stay with me until i die of old age get it i have the same thing with legend with lagaya 2 and Lord Dofflin's soldiers just Lord It just cracks me up, right? Because they're like, glory to Harry Glue. Every time. <laughs> you Remember, have like, for each of those soldiers, that's his first time saying that. <laughs> you have it's not his first time hearing it though, but that's where my issue comes in, right? Like if it was one if it was the first one per battle, cool. But you could have five Air Glue soldiers on the battlefield with you. And every single one you kill says the same death thing and he stops on the same part to let his last breath out on the same bit. And 
it should be real bad, but it's just fucking hilarious. Glory to glory to Eric Glad is my favorite death cry in the history of gaming. That shit never fails to make me laugh every fucking time, man. Oh fuck. So that brings me to a question that I I did want to ask. So and and the glory to Eric Glad is not my answer to this question. It just reminded <laughs> me of it. What is something in gaming? That like you probably shouldn't laugh at, but for whatever reason, it's always fucking hilarious to you. Bubby from Final Fantasy Seven. Bubby, the bodybuilder men and how they. Oh, big bro, <laughs> big bro, gotcha. No, we're we're doing the. I'm not talking about those ones. The ones in the honeybee. Oh, Bubba, it's it's Bubba in the English version. I uh, I I know you're talking about now. The fucking the bodybuilder in the hot tub. Yeah, and the also. You get him again in one of the rooms where he climbs onto you and then punches you repeatedly, I guess. Yeah, so there's that's that's the two options for that scene, right? Those are the two different variants. Like the one is you're at a hot tub with him and nine other dudes that are just palette swap versions of him. Yeah. And that's how you get the, like the the man mankini underwear. And the other ones to get the sexy lingerie, you go in and you see like the translucent cloud and you talk to it and you get those cloud screechy migraine. And when you wake up, he's just standing over you, slapping you on either side of your face, but you're on the bed. So it's him in either one of the scenes, but you got to get one of those scenes with him. Yeah, no, that is funny. That shit. I was a little sad he he didn't make an appearance in the remake, but not. It was like one of the very few things I was like, oh, because I don't see them not bringing him in later. Is the issue. You're like, oh, we're past that point. And you get to Costa del Sol. And he's like, what's up, brother? I'm like, oh, shit, there he is. You run into him after the newly added poker. T- I know this isn't probably going to happen, but the dartboard happens. So I'm holding out for a blackjack table at the oh Golden Saucer. I would, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't, I, I would Chocobo racing will have to come back because it was too popular. Um, trying to say and snowboarding's coming back for sure. Snowboarding, snowboarding and Chocobo racing have to come back. We could probably do without the mini game for the motorcycle. I would be surprised if they didn't do something for Mog's house, the little fucking throw the nuts so he could fly a game. I would be surprised if yes. they didn't do something with that. Cause it's one of the most well-known things about gold saucer. It's just how to get 15 GP up front. But uh, you yeah, know, I would love to see some like classic like, card, card game type fail shit at that. You have in to gold go saucer. And spend some time with him and they, they do it the same way. They play it super homoerotically. And then you get there. And it's just, just a really weird buff guy. It's just strip poker with Bubba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So mine is like, it's like one particular scene, right? In the very beginning of Grand Stream Saga. And I was reminded because I just played it yesterday, I think. And that should happen. And it, it shouldn't be funny. But I can't help because I've been playing this game since I was a kid. And it was fucking hilarious to me for whatever reason I was a child. When you save Roddy... The, the kid at the very beginning is so the opening thing is like, oh, there's a kid missing. We have to go save him. Roddy is his dad's name. I can't remember the kid's name. But you go save him, and then your dad is like, I'm going to send you back to town, take him back to his parents. Or you take him back to his parents. And when you get there, he's like, oh, Eon, thank you so much for saving my son. He told you he was grateful, right? And then it like, because anytime, so Grandstream Saga, for those who haven't played, is like an over-the-top RPG. So it's like an aerial angle and 
when the camera shifts, that's when something important is about to happen. So the camera like shifts to over the shoulder for combat. And then like when you get in important story Roddy's conversations, the Roddy's the son. Yeah. Cause the dad's like Douglas Dougal. Dougal. That's right. Dougal. I'm, I'm but, trying to remember. I'm like, no, no. I remember saving a child named Roddy. <laughs> so the ca- the camera shifts during like story, like major story things. So that, and it's, it's like low graphics, but it's very well done for the time. But there's this part where he's like, he showed his gratitude, right? And then the camera angle shifts and you're like, oh, what's about to happen? And you see Roddy shake his head. No. And then Dougal just fucking Gibbs punches the shit out of the back of fucking Roddy's head. <laughs> and I don't know why it's so goddamn funny, but but every time I watch this particular instance of child abuse, I'm like, yeah, fuck you, Roddy, you ungrateful little fuck. Every yeah, I time, a premonition. That's why I thought you were gonna smack Andrew in the back of the head. You think that's no. funny? <laughs> no, no, no. It's funny when it happens to an ungrateful child. Ah, you know what you've just done, right? Don't slap my son. I'm gonna have to at some point. No. He won't understand that it's a joke. Oh, I'm only going to do it when he's ungrateful. That's all the time. He's 10. My hand's going to hurt then. You know I wouldn't slap that boy. I fucking know. I thought about it real hard yeah. the other night. I don't know why that one... Like, of all the shit in that game, right? Like, there's a whole bunch of memorable moments in Grand Stream Saga. I think that was my first in-game side boob. Which, knowing me, that's probably why it stuck with me as hard as it has. But Sky Pirate Sky side boob in the first hour of the game. That'll get my attention. I'll play the whole thing for just the maybe of some more side boob. There's not, by the way. But I'll hang in there for the maybe. Ooh, Jade Cocoon. <sighs> Did you ever play Jade Cocoon? It's like it's Sony Pokemon, essentially. I did not. Oh, it's super good. It was I thought you were talking about Studio Ghibli. I thought you were talking about Jade Kingdom, and I was like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I played it's... pre-Star Wars Bioware Star Wars. <laughs> it's actually one of my more favorite games. I wish it was controller compatible on Xbox. I would like it a lot I more. I know it's one of your favorite games. I bought it for you. Yeah, it's it's hard to play because I don't like keyboard and mouse games, and it's not controller friendly. It's, it's not controller friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think so. Let me pull it up and look, as I, but I don't think Steam has controller support for it. Jade Empire, not obscure... Jade Kingdom. I'm a fucking idiot. I knew what you meant. If you can think of obscure JRPGs for the PS1, you think Drew hasn't had a chance to play. Oh my God, please. comments with it. Please ruin my life. Oh, I'm over it here. Says, it says partial controller support, so maybe it's different now. I'll have to get in there and give it a shot now. But uh, I fucking love Jade Empire. You ever play Shadow Madness? Doesn't sound familiar, but not no. It's blueprint and foundation was final fantasy seven oh i mean i i I don't think so but it's pretty good it was released in 1999 i know you've played saga frontier jade cocoon i had the saga frontier remake or remaster so do i guardians crusade is one i suggested last week to you yeah you're gonna have a little bit of trails in the sky one i'm still very early in the prologue but I played Trails of Cold Steel, so I've got, you know, I know the premise of how the system works. Yeah, and this one's a much less in-depth system. Well, that's good. Um, That'll make it easier to deal with. Legend of Lagaya. Now i got to play that. Okay. 
This one, the Legend of Lagaya, like attacking and stuff. You choose to attack, then you hit like left, right, up, down to attack, and you put in different commands, and they'll turn into different moves. Oh, that's big Xeno Saga or Xeno Gears vibes. I like that. Yeah, it's actually how Rob got me to play it. He was like, "It's just like it, not like it, but still good." You ever play Dragon Warrior Seven? Very kind of touched on the beginning of it. I didn't get to get real in depth. I Once do need you to get play far that enough in it. You find the Tower of Jobs. I can't remember what they call it, but oh, all skills Abbey or all trades Abbey. That's what they call it in all of them. I don't know why. That slipped away. That's why I was so disappointed in 11 when you get the All Trades Abbey. And it's just do some challenges here because that's in every other Dragon Warrior or Dragon Quest game. Which I know Dragon Quest is Japanese name, but even the warriors that came to America, you could change your class at, at All Trades Abbey and start people from level one in a class you want them to be in. Oh, okay. They don't have, they don't really have classes like that in 11, so it made sense that that's not in there. Like you have like the characters are geared towards a certain thing, but not to the point where I would call it a class. Yeah. The PS one was a JRPG farm. So that's why I'm like, if anyone listening to this has any idea, yeah, any, any like obscure wild, sometimes even triple A stuff. Cause you know, when PlayStation one was like the console of choice, I was really, I was real on final fantasy's dick. Final fantasy and Swigget and were like where I spent most of my actual PlayStation. I played, Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9, and Sweet and 1 and 2 before I played Chrono Trigger. That gives Red's you a, a, like a, really a frame of reference. Game. I don't know if you played that. Never heard of it. Okay, and I'm certain you've played Kudelka. Can you mention it whenever we speak about Shadowhunters? Yeah, I mean, it's the, the unofficial, well, the official unofficial prequel. The bad ending um, of Kudelka is the canon ending that goes into Shadowhearts. Yeah. Lundra? I know of it, but I don't know as I've played it. It's like Sony Zelda with dream hopping. You go into people's dreams to get them out of a coma. Okay. You ever play Vandal Hearts? Yes. Okay, so I have a story about that. Go ahead. My, with your le- my level grinding habits in Vandal Hearts fucked me. Oh? Because like, Yeah, there's like a part where in the end of the game where if you're too strong, you can't finish it. Ah. And I'm trying to remember like exactly how it all works out, but I was way the fuck too strong. Like I had way over leveled. I I was a high enough. I was overpowered to the point because there was like a, a time in my life where like in every JRPG, I just would spend 10, 15, 20 hours just level grinding. And in Vandal Hearts, I was strong enough that like the instant Paragon was available, I just got it. I just went to Paragon. And then I was I got stuck on this one part and I didn't understand why I was stuck. And they're like, Yeah, if you're Paragon right now, you can't complete the game. It's glitched, you're fucked. So I, I have to like Diego and that's one of my favorite ones. You did what? One of your two archers you get, you can make him into like he has like the archers, they can either go sniper or hawkman. And hawkman is they have like mechanical wings and throw a spear instead of a bow. Yeah, yeah. But the funny story with Vandal Hearts with us is that, you know the story of my mom hit me with the vacuum? I do. She sounds like the, she sounded like the barbarian captain at the first, like, major plot twist in the game. Oh, Jesus. But as long as she's like, Hwah! It's hilarious. In Arms is one of the horniest games on the planet. Have you played oh, it? Oh, well, let me go download that real fast. Like, I do love horny uh, games. The main character is able to date female party members as well as NPCs. 
and doing so allows them to imbue their weapons with new powers and skills. And the dad literally tells you that your line of blacksmiths have to fuck like everybody in order to survive. To PlayStation One. Yep. Yep. Have to go find that game. Oh, it's an Atlas game. I already love it. <laughs> Atlas is one of those companies that man, like almost anything they put out. I'm like, all right, fuck me up. Let's rock and roll. There's a PS2 game they put out that I absolutely love and that recently, well, almost a year ago now, got put onto the Switch, but I just haven't had the disposable income for something I've already experienced. Mm-hmm. But it's called Baroque, and it's like fucking after the apocalypse, not post-apocalyptic as in from the future here, but it's medieval times, but the world's been destroyed by demons, and it's a roguelike. Yeah, Atlas is one of those companies. They're like, like it's like Square, Bethesda, Atlas. That I'll play like pretty much anything they put out if I have the ability to. Oh, looking at you, Microsoft, you bitches. Because Atlas makes Art Lad, right? No. Oh, are we sure? Yeah. Working Designs makes Art Lad. Yeah. Right. They don't make anything anymore, but they also are one of those companies that I'll do. Because like the other day, I was talking to Jason about Art Lad. And I said something about, or I gave him my list of games, my PS2 games that I have. And he saw, because the top of my list is like Archelaide, Twilight of Spirits, Archelaide, Age of Darkness. Well, Working Designs was the American video game publisher that localized Japanese games. So they didn't make it. They just made it for America. Okay. Uh, theirs is the logo on the, on the game. They also made, I mean, they also localized the Lunar series. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the voice work in Lunar is significantly better than Archelaide. And I like Archelaide a lot. But I was talking to him about Ark the Lad the other day, and he was like, "That the last Ark the Lad game was trash. And I was like, I don't care. Is he talking about the mobile uh, eight, one? No, he's talking about Ark the Lad Age of Darkness, the last oh. one that came out on PS2 where it was just your main character and you could summon everybody else with cards. Yeah. It was not, it was the worst Ark the Lad, but also, I don't care. Alundra's by them, too. Okay. I'm like, ooh, if, if that gets, if that's a thing that gets you excited, let me just check real yeah, I, it's, it's anything working designs that I've played, I adored. Yeah, it's I'll I, it, at some point I'll get into the shit. I'll get into my mood where I need to play the Ark the Lads, and that is like a couple weeks long investment because Ark the Lad is also one of those games that has the fucking carryover save data feature this weekend it has. So I you know I get all my items in Ark One so that I can carry them into Arc 2, so that I can carry them into Arc 3. And I'll be honest, like, which one is your favorite Arc the Lad game? Let me ask that first. Oh, that's Spirits. Well, that's Spirits, really? Yeah. Why would you not expect it to be? I mean, I don't know. It's it's one of the lesser popular Arc the Lad games. I greatly enjoy it, though a good portion that's probably because it was one of the last games that me and my one of my childhood best friends, Patrick, ever did our... We did this thing all the time where he he liked video games. He wasn't really much for playing them. He liked watching me play them. So he would get an RPG and have me come over and we would, like, spend the summer playing it and a couple other games. And it was one of the last ones that we beat before we just didn't have time for that anymore with life and everything. Mm. So it just I mean, a close place in my heart. It's and a good it's game. Fun. I like the story. I don't like how the equipment works in it. I don't like the equipment in it, and I don't, I don't like most of the characters. If I'm going to be 100 percent honest, (laughs) there's a couple characters. Yeah, I love Ark or not Ark, Karg. I love Dart. I love the girl 
who the guard captain's daughter who oh, Paulette? Alongside. Yeah. If I never saw that bitch again, I'd be fine with it. I don't need her. Most of Karg's team is trash. <laughs> to be 100 i don't like the archer kid my, my problem is that i played the arc arcs one of those series i got to play in order for the first time so like characters like tosh i had like three games with tosh i had three games with Iga. i had time to like get into all these characters well twilight spirits is arc the lad six it's arc the lad four what it's arc the lad four I promise it's not. Okay, well then, well, we're going to exclude anything that did not come to America. Let's go ahead and get that out of the way right now. So is it still Ark the Lad 6? Maybe. I'd have to the, check that. The Ark the Lad games in America are Ark the Lad, Ark the Lad 2, Ark the Lad 3, Ark the Lad Twilight of Spirits, and Ark the Lad uh, uh, the Dark Adventures or Adventures of Darkness or whatever it is. Okay, so you said you had... Okay, so those same three then are... Mm-hmm. You said you had... Three with a character, then you said three with another character. Tosh, Tosh, but... Iga, and Tosh and Iga, I had three with because they were in Arc the Lad one, two, and three. And oh, then they are featured, then they are featured in Arc the Lad Age of Darkness. Ah. But they're summonable cards, they're not in the game. But I didn't have that much time to like it's weird because Arc the Lad three is my favorite one because my favorite mechanic in Arc two, Arc one is probably my least favorite Arc the Lad aside from. Age of Darkness, because what the Ark the Lad anime is Ark the Lad too. Yeah, I know that. I I can never find it. I've been looking for it for fucking twenty years. Every right. I I've legitimately been trying to watch this anime since I found out it existed, and I in the, from the the dawning of BitTorrent until today, I have not been able to find it. Hmm. And I've been looking, looking. I've been probably not in the last few years because I've just finally been like, it's just not. I'm not going to find it, but. I remember when I found out it existed, I, I looked for it. I looked for it for probably six or seven years straight before I was like, I'm just not going to find it. I want to watch it real bad because I Ark the Lad 2 is my second favorite game in the series. So it's for me, it's 3-2, Twilight of Spirits, 1, and then Age of Darkness. And 1 is a good game. It's just, it's one of those games that was like all of its sequels just built so much more on what everything it offered. Cause like, would you get to like in in like investigate a map in Ark the Lad One? That's such a big deal, because it just doesn't happen. Ark the Lad is Ark the Lad One is like such a tactics game that it's typically like story to battle to story to battle. You get like the world map, but you don't get to like move around on the physical map. Yeah. And then when you get to do that in Ark Two, you're like, holy shit! <laughs> That's like in to, to the first part of that point you made. Mm-hmm. That's like with the Yeast series. Yeast 1 and 2 are just kind of there, and it gets better from there. Yeah, it's like, they're like I played, I guess, the beginning of Yeast 1, whichever one is in Yeast Origins. I played the opening bit of it. And the father, like the other Yeasts I played don't play anything like it. But it's it's still not an unplayable game. Like If you like tactics games, play Ark the Lad. Like, the first one's dope. If you like tactics games, it's really good. But, like, Ark... And they're all tactics games, even the the two final games. But uh, they're all they they get better. Yeast Origins is actually the tenth game in the series. It's just a prequel to the previous nine. It was made in two thousand six. Well, we were also so in the midst not, of re-releases and remasters at that time, so I assumed it was just one and two yeah, released. I figured I would confirm that for you. Yeast one was called Ancient Yeast Vanished. 
and it tells the backstory of the Storm Tower, the Black Pearl, and the Twin Goddesses. But none, Adol isn't even in it, and it's the first game in the East series in which Adol is not the protagonist. Is it the only game in the East series in which she's not the protagonist? So far. That's I think the up. person who wrote this article wanted to make sure in the future someone couldn't yell at him and be like, I wrote that before that. That's funny. Yeah, I, re- I really enjoy the E-series. I, I mean, I like strong... I like the uh, silent protagonist. So Adol's like right the fuck in the middle of my alley. East 1 came to America in 1989. Oh boy. For the Sega Master System. Yeah, I bet. And then also released on DOS and the Apple 2GS. Oh, DOS. Boy, howdy. So don't play East 1 is what I'm getting. Got it. You could also emulate if you have a TurboGrafx CD emulator or a emulator for the PC Engine CD-ROM from 1989. You could emulate East One and Two. I think I'm okay. okay. It'll be one of those that's going to be hard to to replay. Yeah, they're very hard to replay. But like playing Origins, I was like, I am offended, and everyone's like, What's wrong? I'm like, I've been looking for Adol this whole time. Right. He Where's is my the- man? They made an expansion disc for it, and he was added in there to the roster of characters in the Time Attack and Arcade bonus games, but not in the actual main one. I'm okay. Yeah, to me, Yeast is Adol's story. Yeah, I mean, aside from Origins, that's all I've ever seen is Adol. So. Poor Adol. He's always Adol. I mean, he's like constantly in trouble for some shit, too. Like, that's the worst part, right? They're like, how dare you? What did I do? So how dare you survive that desert island? But I didn't want to die, though. Oh, we're just coming right into Monstrum Knox, okay? <laughs> I heard you survived that. Yeah, we're putting you in jail. Like, for what? <laughs> Fuck you, Adol. For what? Adol Christensen. Yeah, no, I really, I really enjoy the E-series. But, like, Arc Lad is one of those that, like, the characters... Like especially in Arc Three, the way they bring the the like the legacy characters that are still alive into the game, super dope. Because yeah. there's more than just those like two or three. You get Shu, Tosh, Iga, and Alec that join the party like as guest combatants, and that's super fucking exciting. But you see all types of characters from the previous game, and I love me a fucking crossover, man. <laughs> Fucking love me a crossover. Like when I woke up in the river and we get into and it was Victor's face, I was like, Oh, I'm gonna love this. And in bad gaming news, we get one and two are still not out yet. I'm gonna make the same sad report every single week that goes by. They they haven't even like given us a date. Just give me a fucking date. Just give me a date. Why is it gonna hurt you? It's like don't tease me, guys. Been waiting for this forever. Do you have any questions for this week? Yeah, actually, I do. I know you're not a big fan of them, but what is an FPS you've actually enjoyed playing? Oh, boy. Okay, FPS that I've enjoyed playing. I do have an answer to this. Hang on one second. It's going to really fuck you up because it's it's the least... Like, if you were going to pick a first-person shooter that you thought there's no way in hell I would choose, what would your guess be? Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. My favorite first-person shooter is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Oh, wow. I was close with what I was, I guess, far, because it was just what I would never get. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why, 
but for whatever reason, the character of Soap McTavish fully fucking engrossed me. It's good. It, it has to be a good story for me to even try it. I mean, that's and, just fair. And I didn't. I didn't fucking. This is they're gonna crucify me for this, but that's fine. I don't think Halo had a good story. I try. I've played every fucking Halo game up Except until it's up up until this one that's just come out. I don't know if my computer can run it. But aside from that, I've played every fucking Halo game, and I think every Halo game's got a bullshit story. It's fucking tired and predictable and tropey and pedantic, and I don't like them. Modern Warfare 2 got my attention, held my attention for the duration. I fucking hate Borderlands, which is less of an FPS, more of a looter shooter. Fucking hate it. Borderlands feels like it's overcrowded just for the sake of distracting you from the fact that they've got nothing else to offer. I'm going to start calling those kind of games Kyle Rittenhouse. <laughs> well, at least that's what his stated goal was. Yeah, 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 yeah. I look, disclaimer, Robin in no way supports Kyle Rittenhouse. No, Black not Black at Black. all. Not at all. He likes Borderlands, actually. <laughs> I'm like, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, no, I can't think of any other, like, all of the other games that come to mind aren't first-person shooters. Like, Mass Effect is more of an RPG, even though it's an over-the-shoulder shooter. Gears of War is an over-the-shoulder shooter. Fallout's a first-person shooter RPG. Fallout I would consider more of an RPG than a first-person shooter. I mean, it's first-person, and shooting is an option, but I know from first-hand experience that VATS also exists, so shooting is an option. Well, you're still shooting. Uh, yeah, well, they, I'm I'm first person using a gun, but I'm not participating in the shooting bits of using <laughs> a gun. <laughs> I am killing my enemy with a weapon, but it is from a dynamic pulled back camera angle that is definitely not first person when I pull the trigger. For those who are not aware, I love Fallout. I played through every single Fallout and all of the DLCs associated. But also, I need you to know that my play style is vats and then when my vats is out i run backwards away from the bad guys until my vats refills and then i use vats again let's clarify he means he's played through fallout 3 fallout new vegas and fallout 4 he does not well the other ones don't have vats at all and you were talking about how you use vats well they're they're more rts than they are shooters yeah yeah i was like i don't need to use vats to supplement from a inferior system in those games because they're tactical but I, like, I, I do play i have played fallout 1 fallout 2 and uh, tactics. no yeah well yeah brotherhood of steel yeah brotherhood of steel that's what i was trying to think of yeah i have played one two and tactics as well i played every fallout game cool what i do appreciate right we were going to touch on this anyway at some point for those of you who haven't seen what vince mcmahon looks like this week go ahead mr pause, pause this and go google my guy real fast you don't even need to do anything new just vince mcmahon and then the images and you'll you'll see the picture that we're talking about i appreciate vince mcmahon in a way i never thought that i would not because i feel like he's made a smart decision because he doesn't know how to do those anymore he's too senile not in a way where like he's doing a good thing for wrestling because he's fully not i appreciate vince mcmahon for exposing which of my friends are true fans of what more than anything because you you motherfuckers on my Facebook, y'all exposed yourselves with this outfit, which to be fair, fine. I am confident that 
I am one of maybe two of my comic book friends that is a comic book fan first. Because, and, and you guys, if you're listening to me and you've done as I've asked, you're looking at this picture of Vince McMahon right now, and you understand. What well, the no, if they have, we're not if laughing. They, I don't understand. But if they listen to us, it's still paused and they're looking at it. Well, no, they've, they've got it up by now. They unpaused us to get to this section. So you're, you're, you've looked at or are currently looking at this picture of Vince McMahon. And there are three groups of people. The first group of people is old, right? Well, some of my friends are old because they looked at this fence and they're like, oh my God, it's nightly whiplash. And I'm like, oh, calm down, speed racer. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the first group. And then the rest of my, fan, my friends who are all like, I'm just a, such a huge comic book fan, looked at this Vince McMahon and were like, oh my God. It's it's House from Fallout New Vegas. I'm like, oh, you're a video game fan. Who I didn't dabbles, know you had any assholes for friends. Who dibble, who, oh, yeah, fucking Morrow's from Boston, don't you know? He He's not one of the people who's done this. He's just my who? Morrow. He's from Boston. Ah. He's the one that drank the jalapeno mead. He had the jalapeno mead, and I was like, you got to drink milk. And he was like, where the fuck am I going to get milk? And I was like, I told you we didn't have it. And that's just the solution. And then Dana was like, aren't guys from Boston tougher than this? And Mauro in a full slob squat with no pants on goes, I ain't even from Boston. It was fucking, <laughs> fucking hilarious. It was the funniest shit. I love Mauro. If he ever hears this, I love you, buddy, so much. You bring me so much happiness. But no, so like, if you look at that Vince McMahon and you're like, oh, it's House from Fallout New Vegas. You're a video game fan more than a comic book fan. And that's fine, but don't tell me what a comic book fan you are and look at that motherfucker and say anything but Howard Stark. It's Howard Stark through and through. And Howard Stark has been like in the media more recently than House from New Vegas. But he doesn't look like any of them. He just has a dirty Sanchez. Yeah, they all have dirty Sanchez's. What do you mean? <laughs> Every one of the people that all of those groups oh. talked about Nightly Whiplash does not. He has a very wide mustache. Right, but it's just a, a wider version of what Vince is rocking. True. And then House has that same the same mustache Vince has, and Howard Stark has the same mustache that Vince has. I looked at him and immediately I was like, oh, fucking Howard Stark is back from the dead. And then like nobody else was like, oh, it's Howard. Everybody else was like, oh, it's House. I'm like, fucking, you're not a comic fan. You're a Fallout fan, you motherfucker. And that's fine. I just I, I appreciate who shit on your face, Vince. I appreciate Vince McMahon telling me what my friends are fans of more than anything else. That has been amazing. It is the only good thing that's come out of this mustache, Vince. What the fuck are you doing? Who's buying you just for men? Are you going out into the public yourself to do this? Please say no. Please say no. My biggest wish, and it won't come true. It won't, and that's fine. But all I want to come out of this debacle that the WWE has placed on itself, I just want Triple H to quit and go book for AEW. I don't need him to be on TV. I don't I don't need him to be an authority figure, but Tony Khan, for as much good as he's done for wrestling, cannot consistently tell a story. Every now and then, nail on the fucking head. He'll tell like a three-year-long story that'll have just the sweetest fucking payoff. Every now and then. But it's far from common. And he's not super great at booking matches. So if we could just get Triple H to go book for Tony Khan, that would be the ultimate wrestling product. And I would be the happiest boy. What about TNA? 
Fucking what? What? I mean, it exists, I guess, still. Certainly a choice. TNA is so far down. Like, it's number three, right? But the gap between two and three is tremendous. Honestly, the indies is more is like more worth giving the time to watch to than in TN than oh, I'm sorry, it's not even TNA than impact is. In fact, most of the AEW roster right now is just people who just got tired of trying to get over and be noticed and impact and went to Tony Conland. There's like one person that's in impact who's like got any notoriety in wrestling right now that I'm aware of. And that's Jordan Grace. And she's a beast. Like she could power bomb me and she's like five foot two. So let me deviate out of video games for my other question here. We haven't been out of video games talking about wrestling and comic books this whole time. Well, I mean, what other game <laughs> genres have we touched on? I don't know. Yeah, I know. Cause but, it's been oh, but it's my video game. You just asked a question. I didn't get to answer a question. Oh, go for it. <laughs> Mine would definitely have to be Unreal Tournament, the OG. Playing that just back in the day, I can still remember everybody clamoring to get the Redeemer, which was a remote-controlled rocket launcher. But while they were all trying to get that, I would get the sniper rifle and get somewhere where I could see the spawn point for the Redeemer. And just before they got into the spawn point, take them out. Yeah, I don't think I've ever touched on real tournament. People always complained about me camping, and I'm like, it's a sniper. That's what they do. <laughs> I mean, people will complain about effective tactics. Like, some of them feel fucking cheap. Camping feels cheap. Like, in fighting games, when you're able to fucking find that one combo that you could just spin over and over, and it fucking eats up their whole health bar, that feels cheap, but it works. People don't like shit that's, that's effective. Which is funny, right? Because I got yelled at for years for learning, like I would, I would learn a combo in a fighting game that I liked, and then I would just use that combo over and over again. And I got bitched at for years for that. And then when Jason started getting into like competitive, like fighting game tournaments on like a routine basis, everybody was just like, "Yeah, just pick a combo, just do your combo over and over." I was like, "You motherfuckers." But yeah, no, I don't think I've ever played Unreal Tournament, which makes sense because I'm not a first-person guy. But I know everybody fallaciates the system it's on. The system was based off of it. Yeah, I know. Oh, they, they fallate something that it has really nothing to do with anymore. That system evolved so much. Yeah. It was like, ah, Unreal Engine. I'm like, okay, guys. Guys, okay. So moving on to topic of tabletop. Not your favorite, but what do you think is the most misunderstood or underestimated class in D&D or Pathfinder? Paladin. Yeah? Lawful good does not mean lawful stupid or that you would destroy your friends for breaking the law. Like people um, always take it to an extreme. I guess. I don't, I don't think of alignments personally because I've never, like in the whole of my time running D&D, I've never done like class must be alignment adherence they all feel stupid but i guess that makes sense in that vein i guess i meant like mechanically oh, i like the way a class works that people don't get i don't have one i don't think there's any that people don't get how it works dnd's the dnd's the mainstream one because it's so easy to understand people don't get how wizards work 
by and large. What do you mean? So most prepared casters, like the majority of players don't understand. That's why they don't get played very often. Most of the time. Because like on like a base level, wizard has the potential to be a more powerful spellcaster than a sorcerer. People will take sorcerers because they're spontaneous casters. So they don't have to like prep the spells and be in a situation where they don't have the spells they need. So I think most people just see the the prepared caster and just deviate away from it because they don't understand like how to set it up, how to use the meta magic feats. The, there are people who do, obviously, for sure. And those are your Abria Iyengars and Brennan Lee Mulligans who play the fuck out of those classes. But I think most people don't understand how the how, how a prepared spellcaster works in D&D because they, they're, they're the least chosen in my experience. Most spellcasters I see are wizards, not wizards, sorcerers. And the most common healer in my experience in tabletop is paladins. I see them way more than I see clerics. The handful of times I've had a cleric at the table, they weren't even like built to heal. They were built to do like augmented damage. Except me. Hmm? Except me. Like I said, a very few people know how to work (laughs) those classes. Yeah, I would say any prepared caster, but like especially wizards. Because... Like people like sorcerers because I can't just go take their spellbook away as a DM. Like if I get your spellbook away as a wizard, you're kind of fucked until you get it back. Whereas like a sorcerer, I have to take with your blood. That's harder. <laughs> That's how you wind up in those. You wind up like handcuffed in cestuses with a fucking helmet over your face so you can't talk. Like you got to cast that thing two levels higher to do a silent still spell. <laughs> yeah, the new the new episode of. Wizard Witch Wild one came out yeah uh, earlier today I guess yeah it was delayed by six hours because the editor was having problems with their PC yeah I don't know what was going on with it but is he fucking this is like such a common thing for them like to at some point be like hey Brennan Brennan can I talk to you Brennan what are you fucking what are you doing because <laughs> like Ame got hit for her whole her whole sleeve of life at one time and like lose like hey Brennan real fast you remember we're level one right remember that. Like they did that were level one. <laughs> that shit was funny. And I love how like Brennan's shock on damage numbers adjusts appropriately. Cause like I'm also watching Never After. And like in the last episode of Never After, in like two turns, Zag did like sixty-eight points of damage over the course of like one attack, honestly. It was one attack, and then because of the mechanic that Brennan has added in for the horror aspect, it triggered it was 34 damage and then it triggered another 30, 34 damage at the beginning of his next turn but um, so i just watched brennan like eat 68 damage like it was nothing and then on this fucking episode lou throws a mop handle and it hit the hit the bad guy and he was like for 10 damage and brennan goes 10 damage i was like bro <laughs> don't what are you doing <laughs> he's just Always making sure his players feel valued and powerful. I was like, holy shit. It's like such a big deal. Like, 10 damage? He wants I to mean, make his, sure they feel valuable. I mean, his, his bad guys also have like 10 and 8 and 12 hit points mm-hmm. as well. But like, the way he said it crapped me the fuck up. Oh, yeah. As your dreams. I've told you about it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I'm looking through a list I made of games that I wasn't sure if you've played. That have that are RPGs with a town building mechanic. Ooh, I do love that. So I'm just like, Azure Dreams. Also, guys, little... in in the in the PS games you send to me, if there is town building, 
I love you. Thank <laughs> you for that. There's a newer game that's 2D side-scrolling RPG with battle quests, open world exploration, and skill trees, which I don't know how it's how it has open world exploration, but it's 2D side-scrolling. But anyway, it could be similar to in Chronicle Rising. That wasn't open world. That was a Metroidvania game. I mean, kind of, but once you open the map up, you could continue to go back there and explore. That's true. Uh, um, it also has a lot Octopath, of building. Though. Octopath Traveler is like that, too. It's, it's fairly That's, open world. Yeah, but it's not 2D side-scroll. This is literally like Mario Brothers, the one style. Right, no, I get you. Like Octopath Traveler is, I guess, 3D sides. It's still side-scrolling, though. Like It moves similarly. It's just also got up and down options. Yeah, that opens up literally a whole other dimension. <laughs> I was about to say, like, without realizing that literally a whole other dimension, I was like, that opens up a whole other dimension for movement, though, which for exploring. But anyway, uh, it's a PC game called Regions of Ruin. It came out in 2018. You, The goal is to save dwarves from extinction, and you must rescue and recruit, recruit <laughs> rescue and recruit dwarves to join your town. And send out NPCs to collect resources to further expand the town while you're exploring. Yeah, no, I'll definitely check that out. I do love me some some town buildy explorer games. Yeah, I'm not sure if this is your style, but this is one that I put a bunch of stars beside because it really got my attention. It's called Littlewood. It's a game about what happens after the sea hero saves the world. It's all about rebuilding and healing after an adventure has already occurred. So you rebuild the town, make friends, collect items, and craft. So, yeah, I'll check that one out. Yeah, we'll go over this more and not in this. That way we can well, continue. I having. mean, it also also gives everybody the opportunity to check these out as well. Yeah, there's one that I don't think you can play anymore because I only knew it as being on the Wii and the 3DS. But I guess you could emulate it. It's called Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles My Life as King. Oh, I fucking love My Life as King. Okay. That shit was a lot of fun. I was I, I kind of told on myself about that. That was loud. But yeah, that was like a it was he way more it fun. Entire chest. It was way more fun than I thought it was gonna be, if I'm honest. Well, yeah, I'm I glad re- that at least the game that I marked is Drew would probably love this. Drew does love. Darkest yeah, that's one of those Dungeon. like with the with the failure of the Wii, I was like, Oh, I'm not gonna get that one anymore. Because there's that and then there's there's one that's the exact same game with a different story where you're like the dark dark prince or dark. I like this dark one. Yeah, that one. There's a Dragon Quest game on the Wii that was fucking bananas. It's like what a Dragon, of... Qu- Dragon Quest Joker. And I, I'm trying to remember something about the Queen. Dragon Quest Swords. That's it. The Masked Queen and the Tower of Mirrors. In that, to perform the Giga Slash, you have a four-second window to perform 50 circles over your head with your Wiimote. And then you strike down. There ain't no fucking way. Yeah, I tore my rotator cuff doing that. You gotta stop playing so hard. Look, I was in front of people. Okay. It hurt like a motherfucker. But And then I couldn't afford the Wiimote Plus because I recently became homeless right before it launched, so I never got to play Skyward Sword, and that's one I would love to play. I don't know, man. Everybody I know who loves Zelda hates Skyward Sword. <laughs> Everyone who I know that loves Zelda loves fucking... The cell shaded one that I hate. Oh, Wind Waker. Yeah. So there's always a chance that they may all love it, but I'm a. I mean, they may all hate it, but I'm a love it. My favorite, my favorite thing I've ever heard 
was somebody doing a, a let's play of Skyward Sword. And they were like, oh, I get it. I know why they called it this. And they're like, why? And like whoever was with it was like, why? And he's like, oh, because the whole time you play, you look at the sky and shout the S word. And I was like, oh, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Skyward S word. Right now, what was your other question? Oh, it was the, I already asked it. The uh, misunderstood D&D class. Yeah. Okay. All right, then. That was my second one. <laughs> so Dragon Stampede is amazing. It's not just a, like, retelling. It's a prequel as well. Oh, is this the new anime? Yeah. Like, I was leery at first, but excited. And then I actually gave a couple episodes a chance. And I was like, oh. And then they told me my favorite character will be in next season, which is good because I was a little upset that it was just Darren Merrill, which I love Darren Merrill, but Millie's my girl. The two Bernardelli insurance yeah, I agents. I don't know as I have a favorite character besides Vash. Vash is fun, but the character who, whenever I take those like personality quizzes back in the day when it was actually quizzes and not just click on this place and it'll show you who you are. But when yeah. they did like quizzes, I always wound up getting Nicholas D. Wolfwood. I don't ever have like, I never did those because I don't have like 30 minutes to fill out a fucking questionnaire. You do. <laughs> I don't. You just I didn't. Playing video games. Yeah. Because I have it's anything else to do. <laughs> <laughs> so you think you want to call it here at two and a half hours? Oh, yeah, we can go ahead and call it. It was not quite two and a half hours. It's closer to. It's almost. No. Started recording at 151. So we're not at, we? we're not at two hours, yeah. Okay, because you said ready at twelve fifty nine. Yeah, and then we gabbed like school children for a while. Oh yes, okay. <laughs> but yeah, guys, so we'll go ahead and wrap this episode up. We will have another episode for you, hopefully Sunday. I don't see why it wouldn't be Sunday. We're gonna record it on Friday. Have that new episode out to you. You know, if you guys want to support us, check us out. We're on Patreon. YouTube would be preferred, man. Any followers, subscribers we can get on YouTube, all the watches there help out tremendously like you have no idea that's going to be kind of our focus is getting our youtube up off the ground so that we can if if we get enough followers on youtube we can take care of monetizing everything on that site and then if you guys listen here on on the podcast formats after that you know it'll probably be a little maybe i don't know if it'll be a better experience for you or not but you know once we can get youtube gets where we get monetized on there that's going going to enable us to make you better content we can we i really want to expand out into like full game reviews retro reviews all kinds of different stuff but the more attention that we can get on youtube so that we can make this a bigger focus that's going to free up you know 40 to 60 hours per week that i could be working on making more stuff for you know level grinding so if you want to if you want to show us love if you appreciate anything that we're doing definitely go check us out on youtube we're also available on Patreon. Any and every patron that we ever get will be shouted out at the end of the episodes. Outside of that, I just want to thank you guys so much for spending time with us. You have no idea how much it means to us, how much we really, really, really appreciate it. It means more than you'll ever, ever really be able to understand. So until next week, just remember, you are our best friends. Keep your potions stocked up, update your equipment, and keep on grinding.